I'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the official Do Good Better podcast, and that is DonorDoc. Listen, as a nonprofit, DonorDoc knows that you wear many different hats, and that's why they are here to help you make your life easier. DonorDoc helps you connect with your donors on a deeper level and provides you with the tools to become the ultimate fundraiser. There are other instantly cool features too, but we know connecting and staying connected with your donors are high on most of your priority lists. Hey, guess what? DonorDoc is so awesome, and I'm telling you, so awesome, that to everyone listening, they are giving you a 100% discount off your first month. That's right, 100% off. It's absolutely free to use for your first month. All you have to do is use the referral code DOGOODBETTER, and you're set. Again, do good better. It's simple. It's easy. Head to DonorDoc.com to learn more and get started. Hey, thanks, DonorDoc, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast. Uh, the vegan room, a lot of our clients were hesitant about that at first. We've got a lot of vegan clients that come. We call it our bigantry. Um, so we were one of the first ones I know of to ever offer that. Um, so it's got the vegan friendly foods. We get a lot of vegan donations and a lot of our fresh vegetables are split between, of course, the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that's been a good thing because a lot of our clients have tried that and they end up liking it and they end up eating a lot healthier because of that. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, Fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, this show is all about small nonprofits doing great big things. We've got a wonderful episode for you because we have an excellent small nonprofit doing great big things. I'd like to welcome to the show co-founder of Feeding Georgia Family, Feeding Georgia Families, William Joyner. William, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, sir? I couldn't be better if I tried. That's uh, a fact. So um, for those who are sort of scrolling through YouTube, who are listening to the official Do Good Better podcast on their favorite channels, they come across Feeding Georgia Families. They see William Joyner's name. They're super curious, but they have no idea what you do. So let's give us a 5,000-foot view on what your organization does and how you came up with it. Okay. Uh, well, let's go to the origins first. The origins are begin back in the Virgin Islands. Uh, my mother, my mother, my wife's grandmother used to feed basically the neighborhood children during the week. She would cook meals and invite them to her home to eat. So that sort of my wife wanted to start it to sort of honor her grandmother, her memory. I love so that. About a decade ago. We had, we had gone through and we were volunteering with a lot of organizations and we were receiving pushback from the city in some areas and, you know, other things. So we decided we wanted to do our own thing and we started Feeding Georgia Families. So we've been going about a decade now. Uh, we originally started with a focus on underemployed families. So that's, you know, a family that might have two people working in the household, but at the end of the month, they've still got to decide, do I want electricity or do I want food? So that's not a great choice to have to make. So we decided to try to help alleviate that choice somewhat and provide some of the food and take some of the pressure off of that end of the budget um, so that they could have the electricity to cook the food. Um, so that being said, we've, we've progressed to the point now where we allow anyone to come in. There's no requirements 
There's no uh, paperwork they have to fill out. The only thing we ask is that they sign in and tell us what city they're from. And that's merely because the federal government and the local government want to know due to any funding or grants or anything that goes on where we're feeding and how many. Um, so it's progressed to that point. Last year, we were able to provide grocery assistance to a little over 80,000 people. Oh, my yeah. So it, it's, it's grown from just, just going out in the park and feeding the homeless to over 80,000 people now. Outstanding. Well, sign of the times. Um, and that's wonderful that you're kind of stepping up and helping uh, individuals and, and families, uh, you know, sort of bridge that particular gap. When did you know that this was destined to be larger than just going to the park and, and feeding homeless people? I mean, was it like you, you start, you honor your, you know, you're honoring your, uh, your, your wife's honoring your grandma and you start this and it's kind of the, it feels great inside. All of a sudden, things change. When was that change moment for you? I'd say probably five years or so back Mm -hmm. uh, when we just started getting word of mouth, I guess you'd say, sort of put us out there. And we we were able to gain a few more partnerships at that point. Um, Like say, for instance, Trader Joe's, uh, Kroger, Walmart sort of started showing a little interest and we're able to give us a little more donations as far as food wise. Mm-hmm. So when you start getting that type of food in and people see the difference, okay, it's not just a, a couple of cans of SpaghettiOs and some milk or something. You know, it's like all of a sudden your food pantry has fresh vegetables and the occasional like fresh meat. And like if you come to a food pantry and you've got rack of lamb and filet mignon on the menu there, you know, it's like, oh, what the heck? So yeah, it's word of mouth gets out and it builds and then you start realizing, huh, we're we're making a difference. People are happy when they're coming in here. You know, in volunteer in food pantries, you see people and I get it. It's a depressing thing because the reality sets in that, oh my God, I need this help. I never thought I'd need this help. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people come in and they're sitting chatting, we've got elderly uh clients that come to us and they will show up three hours early because they like sitting out in front of our office on the chairs that we provided and they chat for three hours. It's become a little group thing for them. It's like they're, they're meetup weekly. Yeah. It's really cool to see. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And when you've got volunteers that were clients and now they come to you years later and they've been volunteering for years now. And it's, it's really cool to see the changes that have been made just with something we thought was really simple, but has grown into something so much bigger. That sounds like uh, feeding a little bit more than stomachs uh, and a little yeah. more uh, soul, which I really think is great. So there's a lot of food, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, uh, great organizations out there. And I love to ask the question, what is a big, hairy, audacious goal of yours? And so I will ask you, William, uh, feeding Georgia families. What's that big goal that you have in the back of your brain, whether it's two years, five years, 20 years down the road? Uh, our biggest goal at this point is to own our own building. Awesome. Uh, we've just recently signed a rental contract for a new building because we outgrew our old space, which was about 2,400 square feet. And now we've signed one for right at 5,000 square feet. Hmm. Uh, we're looking for a warehouse type building. Um, or one that we can build. Mm-hmm. We want to make it a community hub. 
So we want to have other organizations come in and offer services. We'd like to have a computer area for people to come in and do their resumes. You know, something that the, they can utilize more than just coming to get the groceries, something they can utilize to better enrich their lives. Um, so just it's a goal just to make an overall difference in the community, just for us. Uh, a small goal um, is we have a global, gi global giving initiative. So we want to raise about $5,000 to be able to ship and deliver foods to medically at-risk people. Uh, so that's something, you know, especially right now, they can't get out and go to the grocery store because it's right. not right. really that safe. Um, so if we can ship it to them and provide it coming to their home, that's a great thing. They can still stay home, eat healthy, and stay healthy. I love that. That's a great goal. We'll talk about this towards the end of the show on how you can help the listening audience on how to make that initial goal a reality. So thank you very much for that. Now, there's a lot of food pantries out there. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a need that's greater than any one organization can provide. But what makes Feeding Georgia Families different than any other food pantry that, that you have in your community? We were one of the first ones that I know of that offered a client choice. We've been doing that for years now. Um, it, the way we set up is we have two rooms. And when the clients come in, you know, they wait in the waiting room and they're given the choice. Like, do you want the regular diet, which is going to be your typical meat eaters, dairy, everybody, you know, everybody likes to call it the normal diet. Um, and then you've got your, your vegan room and your allergy friendly room. So you're given the choice whether you want one of those. So when you take your card, you come down, you go into the room, you shop. So it's basically set up their shelves with the groceries on them. There's a limit to what they can get from each shelf, but they're able to choose and pick what they want from the shelves. So that was one way for us to sort of limit waste, to make it a more friendly environment because they're able to come and make their choices. It's not like we're shoving food on them. Here, you take this. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's giving them a choice in the matter of what they get, what they, it's basically a choice in life. Uh, the vegan room, a lot of our clients were hesitant about that at first. We've got a lot of vegan clients that come. We call it our big entry. Um, so we were one of the first ones I know of to ever offer that. Um, so it's got the vegan-friendly foods. We get a lot of vegan donations. And a lot of our fresh vegetables are split between, of course, the two. Mm -hmm. uh, but so that's been a good thing because a lot of our clients have tried that, and they end up liking it, and they end up eating a lot healthier because of that. So a lot of a lot of people who would never have thought of like let's get for example mushrooms we get a lot of mushrooms from one of our donors so they look at mushrooms at first like uh, what do I do with mushrooms so we started printing up recipes try this and they'll take them home cook them try them and come back the next week we might not have mushrooms they'll be like oh where's the mushrooms and these people would never have thought to eat a mushroom before. But now that they've taken that leap and taken that step and tried different things, now that they're coming back and asking for those different things that are a little more healthy than your typical, you know, uh, fare that you would get mostly from either stores or pantries. I, I can't think of something more frustrating if you had to decide on uh, trying to keep electricity on or trying to provide food for your yeah. family and you had a child or a family member who was allergic to something or needed a specific diet-friendly food. That is one of the more remarkable things that I have um, ever heard of. 
as far as uh, food pantries go. So kudos to you, my friend. That is wonderfully uh, unique and different and one of the better answers we've heard on the official Do Good Better podcast with that specific question. Uh, you must have, with 80,000 people that you have served uh, uh, individual uh, groceries to over the last uh, year had some success stories. So is there a documented success story that you uh, can share with us and the, and the listening audience today? Let's see. Uh, there's, a, there's a few. Uh, I know of one in particular. She was coming to us. She was living in, there was say, you know how you have the, the pay monthly um, sort of apartment, hotel sure. areas. She was living there. Had a car that would barely make it around the block. Um, but coming to us, helping alleviate that, that little bit of issue, using that extra money, she saved up, got a better car. Using that better car, got out, got a better job. Now she's moved into a nice apartment. She's been promoted several times at her new job. She's gotten an even better car. And she's just doing well. She comes back, volunteers with us now. So it's always good to see, you know, all of a sudden you'll, you'll miss someone that you've seen for two years coming to you. And then they show back up a year later after you haven't seen them for a while. And they're like, and, and you're like, oh, good to see you. You're coming back for groceries. Oh, no, I don't, I don't need groceries anymore. I want to know what I can do to help. That is a good feeling just to know that you've made that impact and they want to come back and help now because they see the impact it made in their lives. I think a lot of people look at uh, hunger in general as a overwhelming and I can make no difference in the world because it's such an issue um, topic, right? So I think you uh, showcasing that one little alleviation of worry that then leads to another positive step in order to get somebody over the hump in order to get them to a situation where they can then thrive is such an outstanding way to prove that what you're doing is, is working. That's just a, it's an outstanding uh, documented success. I appreciate that so much. Um, we love celebrating wins here on the official do good better podcast and as nonprofits we don't do a very good job of celebrating because we think it's bragging and that's not necessarily the case yeah. however you are now demanded to celebrate a win with us so we can cheer you on william what's a really good win we can celebrate with you big small medium size doesn't matter what can we celebrate a win with here on the do good better podcast oh lord <laughs> I'd say our win right now is moving into the larger building so that we're able to advance our, our calls, basically. We're going to be able to spread out. We've had donated a walk-in refrigerator freezer that we're finally going to be able to put up because we have the space for it. So we've got that. Yay! And we'll be able to get more food because of that. So. That's a great win. I love that. More, more food, more serving to your community. That's a big win. Kudos to you. Um, along those lines, um, we also love to show appreciation to those that help your organization get to where it is. I, I, and regardless of whatever size you are, there's always a person, there's always a group of business, an individual, a whole bunch of people that helped you along the way get from point A to point B, from feeding just homeless people in the park to 80,000 last year. Is there a, a, an individual, a couple individuals that you'd love to give a special shout out to on the official Do Good Better podcast to say thank you for their help in getting to you to where you are for feeding Georgia families? 
Yes, sir. There's quite a few. I've actually got a little list right here in front of me. I love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, we've got, let's see, Walmart number 855 and 1047. That's some of our local Walmarts here. We've also got the Walmart Distribution Center who's provided donations to us. Um, we've got Trader Joe's. Uh, it's a grocery store here in Midtown and Buckhead. They provide weekly donations. Uh, you've got Aldi's in Douglasville. They provide weekly donations. Um, you've got the Fairburn First Baptist Church here in Fairburn, Georgia. They've been a great partner to us. We sort of swap back and forth. If we have extra food, we give it to them. If they have extra food, they give it to us. So it's been a great partnership there. Um, and BFW, that's Veterans of Foreign Wars, post 6449 in Fairburn, Georgia. They were able to provide their location for us in the transition, and they've been providing a lot of hard-working individuals come out and help us volunteer with us as well so those are some of the main ones uh, some of our biggest volunteers that are with us week to week are herbert sinclair erica baskerville cassandra shoemaker and jane schaefer that's some of our core volunteers right there those guys are out here week to week i mean gosh it's turned into almost a full-time job for some of these guys they're coming out volunteering so much. So cannot forget those guys because without them, we would not be able to do what we do every week. If you're, uh, if you're listening to this on uh, your favorite uh, audio podcast and you're not watching this on YouTube, but you can probably hear it in William's voice. The minute he started mentioning volunteers, he had this big, just, just grin on his face, just talking about that. And I think that's what is so fun about this podcast and the show and then featuring nonprofits like this is they get to brag a little bit about their superstar volunteers and their donors and their supporters. And that just makes, uh, that makes this a whole lot more fun every single time. So you, uh, made my, uh, made day there. And I love the fact that you have so many partnerships. That's one thing that I really appreciate about nonprofits like yours is that it's not, you can't do it by yourself. Okay. And, uh, and, and so having people, uh, really help out and not being, um, uh, just that this is us and only us and, and sort of opening the doors to partnerships is such a wonderful thing. Speaking of appreciation, uh, for being a guest on the show, I want to show my appreciation to you by helping end with a fundraising question. Uh, I'm here at your disposal. So William, is there a fundraising question that I can help you answer today? Let's see. Which one? <laughs> There's so many. Um, I'll even let you, I guess I, I, I like you so much. I'm going to give you two. You ask away. Okay. <laughs> what would be a good way to sort of cement the relationship and get local donors to, to loosen the purse string, so to speak? Right. Uh, great question. And I think you have such a wonderful system in place that if you can get your list of people that you would love to have donate, stop by, swing by, help donate, or even throw sort of a, um, an invitation to back in to show how the process goes. Have them see for themselves the impact that you're making. Have them maybe even chat with somebody who has seen a dramatic positive result of uh, being provided food from feeding Georgia families and have them make that personal connection. Not everybody likes food pantries as part of their thing. That's fine. No big deal. But I think if you, it, 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 I, my gut says, if they come in, meet you, and tour your facility, 
and watch your process in the back end and watch the joy and, and, and the relief on people's brains and faces when they come through your organization and the, and the thank yous that happen when, they're, when they leave, that's going to melt a lot of hearts and that's going to make them see that their gift is going to go a lot further than they have in other places. And they're going to see that they can make an immediate impact, which is really what donors want in the first place is how do I know my money's going to be used properly? You get to show them boots on the ground. And I think inviting them into your facility, inviting them to, to watch and experience that transformation from, oh, this is really not a good thing to, oh my God, now I don't have to worry about that for the next couple of weeks. That's, that's really amazing. That transformation you'll be able to see on your potential donors' faces immediately. And another question for you. Are, are you like, are you versed in like grant writing? And- I know enough ah. to be dangerous. How about that? Oh, awesome. Uh, we're trying to get to that level. Mm-hmm. How do you get away from the spaghetti against the wall aspect of it where you're throwing and seeing what sticks to being a little more focused and trying to, to actually be a lot more successful, a lot better success rate at getting the grants? Perfect question. Um, There are uh, a lot of grant organizations that love to help that out because what what frustrates grantees is um, sort of submissions that don't make sense to them. Reach out to the organizations who are doing the granting and ask them specifically, what is the, what are the, um, could you help us sort of navigate that niche to make sure that you have uh, you know, sort of a proposal that works for you rather than us trying to, to sort of get our square peg and your round hole sort of uh, mentality. They're more than happy to, and willing to help you out. Uh, I think a lot of organizations see grant organi- granting uh, foundations or whatever as behemoths that don't care. Of, you just send us some stuff and we'll figure it out. That's not necessarily the case. They've got an army of people who work at these places that want to help and want to help organizations like you. So reach out, call them, ask them if they can work with you on how to to do it better so that they can uh, rifle through some of theirs and yours will float to the top because you're speaking their language, you're getting very niche, you're getting uh, the things that they want to hear and they will appreciate that also, then they'll know your name a little better. And they'll know and expect that this is coming in and you can build a relationship with them the way that you build a relationship with any donor. And I think that's probably a helpful hint to anybody listening is that reach out to your local regional uh, foundations and ask them on when can I take a course to see what you're looking at and how do we, you know, write these uh, a little bit better or a little more effectively here and there. So I think that's probably my best tip to you is get to know them, ask them questions and have them help you out as well. Sounds good, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, hey, we've come to the end of our show, which makes me sad because I kind of want to hang out with you. And if you haven't gotten that same vibe, if you're listening to this, I don't know what's wrong with you. You should. And let's just say there's a lot of people listening to the show that have a giant sack of money underneath their bed and they want to give it to you feeding Georgia families. William, how on earth do people get a hold of you? How do they donate? And what do you need most? The floor is yours. Pitch us feeding families. At this moment, you can go to feedga.org and that gives you a link directly to all of our different ways that you can donate. We've got everything you can pretty much think of listed there. You can click the link, go straight to it. Boom, done. Uh, You can also, if you'd like to mail a check, mail it to PO box seven, six, two Fairburn, Georgia care of feeding Georgia families. Um, I mean, we'll take any form of donation you give us. Uh, 
any way you can get it here, we'll take it. It will be spent. It will be put to good use. Uh, one other thing to mention, we also have a Christmas program every year where we collect toys throughout the year. And we try to make sure that kids in the area that come to us through the families are able to get at least one or two toys from us. Uh, so that that being done, we don't just feed the feed the uh, feed the body. We try to feed the soul as well through the happiness of the children. So that is awesome. I just can't think of it. As always, we'll put all those information in the show notes so you can reach out to William and uh, and feeding Georgia families to help out the best that you can. And to circle back from something we mentioned earlier, you're looking to raise $5,000 so you can deliver food to individuals who are unable to come out during this sort of COVID-19 crisis. And so that, what I would suggest is everybody get online here, go over to uh, feedgafamilies.org or yeah, we're going to go to the website, click on the website down there and you click on there and you donate and help uh, this awesome and amazing organization out uh, feeding Georgia families. William, thank you so much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you later. All right, bye. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.